Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. All right, we're going to read a passage of Scripture, and this is the story so nice, it's in the Bible thrice. And uh, we're going to read it in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, and it is, Jesus heals a man with leprosy. It's going to come up on the screen. Chapter 8, verse 1, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, Jesus said, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as testimony to them. Luke chapter 5 recounts the same story. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Third time it's in the Bible, Mark 1.40, and a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Verse 45, but he went out and he began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. The story's so nice, it's in there thrice. And I love that each time there's a little bit of extra detail, painting this, um, the picture of this amazing story. And the key elements here are this, a desperate leper, someone with leprosy desperate for a miracle. The other thing in the story is a loving God, in the story, we have an untouchable person, and we have a willing Savior. We have an act of humility from the leper, and then we have a demonstration of power from the Savior. The, the term leprosy is used broadly in, in the ancient world, or in ancient literature, and it, and it means something contagious on your skin. Uh, it's not just uh, relegated to what we know as leprosy, it can also mean something that is contagious on your skin. Um, the key thing is that it's beyond just the surface of your skin. It goes deep into the person. It's a risk to not just the person, but also to everybody around them. And in the days of Jesus, many people with leprosy were forced to wear a bell around them so that you could hear them coming, so that you knew that someone with leprosy was approaching and you could move away. God, in His wisdom in the Old Testament, knew that people were going to struggle with leprosy and wanted to teach some truths in it. So we're going to look at that, Leviticus 13, verse 1. This is the laws about leprosy. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, 
When a person has on the skin of his body a swelling or an eruption or a spot, and it turns into a case of leprous disease on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons the priests, and the priest shall examine the diseased area on the skin of his body. And if the hair in the diseased area has turned white, sorry if this is a bit gross, everyone that enjoys those pimple popping videos is loving this. If the hair in the diseased area has turned white and the disease appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a case of leprous disease. When the priest has examined him, he shall pronounce him unclean. But if the spot is white in the skin of his body and appears no deeper than the skin and the hair in it has not turned white, the priest shall shut up the diseased person and they will quarantine for seven days. Numbers 5 verse 1 speaks to this as well. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Command the people of Israel that they put out of the camp everyone who is leprous or has a discharge and everyone who is unclean through contact with the dead. You shall put out both male and female, putting them outside the camp, that they may not defile their camp in the midst of which I dwell. And the people of Israel did so and put them outside the camp. As the Lord said to Moses, so the people of Israel did. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of how um, humans have dealt with contagious diseases, a lot of the, the practices to deal with that have been learnt from the Bible. God spoke to the Israelite people about how to manage people that have infectious diseases. But one thing that the Bible tells us is when people had this, they were declared unclean. Can you imagine having that declared over you within your community just to let you know and everybody else know you are unclean? Can you imagine and this person who was declared unclean would have to walk around covering their lip. They didn't have face masks back then. They would have to cover their lip and as they walked around would have to say, unclean, unclean, as a constant reminder to themselves and others of their condition. These poor people were kept isolated and they would only be restored to community once they were recovered. In uh, the book of Second Chronicles, the king, Uzziah, had leprosy. And he was, he was separated from his house and banned from the temple of the Lord. This is the king. One of the things that happens with leprosy is that you become numb. People don't feel pain anymore in their skin, which puts them at great risk. Things can happen to their body. Maybe other contagious things happen. They don't even know it because they can't feel anymore. Can you imagine being alive but not feeling? Can you imagine seeing people but not being able to be in the community? Now, knowing all of that about leprosy, you can see the amount of love, compassion, and grace that Jesus showed this leper by placing his hand on him. The leper broke the rules by approaching Jesus, and Jesus broke the law by touching him. Jesus, as a teacher of the law, did honor the part where he encouraged the man to present himself to the priest. And in doing so, it's believed that Jesus wanted two things. He sought to divert excess attention to his healing ministry away. He wanted people to seek him for his spiritual healing, not merely physical, just to help us see the priorities. But it was also to provide a powerful testimony to the religious leaders at the time. The leper's testimony was to God's love, God's compassion, his faithfulness, and his power. This story, so nice, it's in the Bible three times, is a great parallel to your story. It is a brilliant parallel to my story. We, like the leper, have a condition as well. It's not a physical leprosy, but it's a type of leprosy in our heart. 
It's a condition in our heart. You didn't do anything to get it. You were born with it. It's in your blood. It's the brokenness of man. Sin like leprosy is beyond the surface, even though it's on the surface as well. It's a risk not just to you, but also the people around you. Like leprosy, our heart's condition makes us unclean. And we might not have to declare it with our mouths because we do it with our actions. It also numbs us to the things of life. It numbs us to the things of God. It means that we can be alive but not feeling. It means that we can see people but not connect. Leprosy on the heart. It's sin. My sin, I'm talking for me right now, my sin has made me unclean. What is sin? Well, we serve a holy, sovereign, perfect, uncreated God. He is perfect, and we are not. And if there's any Indiana Jones fans in the house, you know I like to tell this story. In the first Indiana Jones, when they lift the lid off the Ark of the Covenant, that Nazi bad guy, his face melts like a candle. That's actually not a bad representation of what would happen to imperfect created beings in the presence of a holy, sovereign, eternal, uncreated God. In order for God to have us in His presence, God loves us. He created people as objects of His affection to love and to glorify Him. In order to keep us in His presence, a standard was set for living so that we could be in a relationship with Him. We, we know this as the law of God. We know this as Old Testament law and you know, many people will bring this up from time to time and um, often to try and catch out hypocritical Christians because there's things in the Old Testament law about not eating shellfish. I had a few crayfish this week. It's about not having tattoos and people like to mention that and they say, hey, you shouldn't get a tattoo. You say, well, did you shave this morning? Because that's the next verse. But sin is anything a word, deed, or desire in opposition to the eternal law of God. A word, deed, or desire in opposition to the eternal law of God. It's, it's trying to be pure as God is, is, is pure. It's endeavoring to be righteous as the Lord is righteous. But God's word emphasizes that this now under Christ, because of Jesus, is not about what's necessarily on the outside, it's what's on the inside. Let's have a look at Matthew 15, verse 10. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. If we jump to verse 17, it says, Do not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. This scripture is painting a picture of what religion looks like. I'm going to wash my hands and eat the right things, but my heart's still corrupt. What I say is still corrupt. What you need and what I need help with and, and healing from the most is actually what's on the inside. And the great news is that the truth of the Word of God reveals a loving, 
heavenly Father, not a God you must reach, but a God who has reached out to you, who can help and heal us from the biggest condition that you cannot see, which is the sin in your heart. You can try your best to not get the tattoo, not shave, not eat the shellfish, wash your hands before you read the Bible, all that sort of stuff. But you cannot get away from the sin that is in your heart. And it is not something that you earned or did. You were born with it by nature of you being a human. It's in your blood. It runs in the family. In fact, it runs in all our families. In fact, in some of our families, it's sprinting. <laughs> Shout out to the Kians. <laughs> not this Kian generation. I'm talking. Okay. Let's move along. Here's, here's the great news, everybody, that the, the story of healing for that leper can be your story. The story of healing for that leper is, in fact, my story. That story was about a desperate leper and a loving God. It was about an untouchable person and a willing Savior. It was about an act of humility and a demonstration of power. Here's what can be your story, a desperate person and a loving God, an untouchable sinner, but a willing Savior. Tonight, tonight there can be an act of humility and a demonstration of power. And that's available to you today because of Jesus Christ. There's leprosy on the heart. There's a condition on our heart and it's keeping us from God. Receiving forgiveness and salvation from Jesus Christ, receiving the healing does not require perfect obedience. As unfortunately many churches across the world will tell you, that you have to try and do the right things and say the right things and act holy enough. All you need to do to receive that healing and forgiveness is put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It just requires that we believe and receive. To, to come believing that Jesus Christ, as the leper said, is willing and able. Because everybody, Jesus Christ is willing and able to heal you from the leprosy in your heart. We don't have to try and be holy and perfect because Jesus was perfect for us. He lived the perfect life I could not and died the death I deserved so that I could have salvation. And I want to tell you tonight, whether you're new or whether you've been many times, He is willing and He is able. And, and like in that story, so nice they put it in three times, God is equally aware of your leprosy as He is of your value. God knows the condition of your heart and he also knows how valuable you are. He knows it so well because he created you. He knows everything that he put in you. Even the things you're not aware of, he has placed within you purpose and a gifting and calling in your life. And though this leper's condition was great, God's love and power is greater. Though my sin is great, and I'm talking about me, my sin is great, I know that God's love and power is greater. And I don't know everything about you, but I know your sin's great, bad great, not good great. I know your sin is great, but I know that God's love and power is greater. If you have got a revelation of Jesus Christ and come under the grace and you do want to get a tattoo, this is a good one. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, listen to this, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever lives as holy as possible and goes to Machu Picchu and tithes 40% and 
It doesn't say that. It says, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is another great tattoo you get on the other arm. It says this, Romans 5.8, and God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that once we'd figured it all out and gotten our things together, Christ died for us. It doesn't say that. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I've got four points from this story for you really quickly. Number one is this. Jesus includes the rejected. This leper in the, in the New Testament went from being cast out and isolated to now being included. He, he was saved by Jesus and also saved into a great family. He was sent to the temple to go and report of his healing, a temple which he could now engage with. He would then have the opportunity to be included in the house of God, in a family of believers. I don't deserve it, but I've been included. God's not forgotten you. You've not out-sinned His forgiveness. You've not out-mistaked His grace. There is a place for you now to be included in God's family. God includes the rejected. If you feel rejected, I want to encourage you. Tonight is a message of you can now be included because of the grace of Jesus. There is a family that you can have here in the house of God. The Bible says that God sets the lonely in families. The church might have its bits, be a bit weird from time to time, not this church. But it's our family. God knew there'd be an emptiness and a loneliness within our broken heart, so he created a family for us to be a part of. There's a place for you to be included in God's house. Number two, God affirms the unvalued. This leper was an unvalued part of society. And what I love about the story is that we know from previous passages of Scripture that Jesus can heal people without touching them. But he made a point to touch this leper. He didn't have to do that, but he wanted everyone to know that he's not ashamed to affiliate with this man. He was not embarrassed to reach out and touch this man. He was not afraid of this man's affliction. And it's true of you as well. God is not embarrassed to affiliate with you. God wants to affirm you by engaging in your life. God is reaching out to you. He's not ashamed to affiliate with you. He wants to affirm your value. God sees you. And tonight, God wants to remind you of the value that you have the value that is in who you are. The Bible says that great are God's thoughts about me. They outnumber the sand. The Bible says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. When God created you, he did it with care and thought and reverence. You're designed with great intent and with great care because you're of great value to God. Did you know that you're of great value to God? Number three, Jesus heals the sick. What I love about this story is he includes this man, he affirms this man, and he also heals this man. And ultimately, Jesus is concerned with our spiritual sickness, but God also cares for your physical ailments as well. We serve a miraculous God. His priority is absolutely the soul, but he cares about our wants and needs, and he has the ability to heal our bodies. In the Bible, we see that dead people are raised. We see blind eyes open. We see paralyzed bodies moving. 
by the authority and the spirit of Jesus, we see the disciples then begin to heal people as well. God can heal people without having anybody touch you. We see it throughout Scripture all the time. No one's touching someone, they get healed. God can also heal you when somebody lays hands on you and prays. We're, we as a church are passionate about that. The Bible says if we get the elders of the church to lay hands and anoint you with oil, that you may be healed from your sicknesses. Do we get healed every time? No. And, and you know, sometimes we can't explain those things. But we know that God can heal. Sometimes in our sickness, we are right in the middle of the purpose of God, which is incredibly annoying and challenging. But we just need to hang on to God. But just because everybody's not healed doesn't mean that He doesn't. By the authority and spirit of Jesus, you can pray for people and see them be healed in their bodies. God's spirit is still on the earth. The gifts have not stopped. Jesus healed then and he heals today. And Jesus is gone physically in the sense that he's not here on earth to lay hands on you, but his spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is here. What Jesus did in his body, the Holy Spirit can do. You know, there's someone in the church who um, gave a praise report the other week that their doctor said to them, do you believe in miracles? And do you believe in God? Because there's been a miracle in your body. I was chatting to a lady that's um, a part of the Esther House program. And she was telling me last week, um, a, a couple of months ago, she had a condition in her hands, a skin condition, funnily enough, as we're talking about this tonight. And uh, her hands are healed now. And she showed me, you walked, she walked past me the other day and went, healed. How good is that? I cannot tell you how many people in the last couple of years have believed for a baby in church and had massive challenges and people have stood with them in prayer and it's not the people standing with them in prayer necessarily, it's the power of God but we've got babies coming out of everywhere, well like there's a lot of babies at church and they're all miracles but some of them, some of them are tremendous miracles where God sovereignly has come, come in power and healed people's bodies I, I am a product of a healing miracle. My parents were told they couldn't have children many times. They had two, and it was incredibly difficult to have Nathan and Sean. And then I came by accident. God's healed me from that. No accidents for God, but my mum was told you can't have children. Now she has three. God still heals. God is still healing. Number four, God forgives the guilty. God forgives guilty people. I love Netflix, doc Netflix documentaries about people who are in prison and they haven't done the crime. And there's a group of lawyers that get them out and the person's innocent and they get released. You know what wouldn't be such a good show? is people who did the crime and get released. You'd be watching it going, <laughs> you'd be happy for their family, but going, that guy's guilty. You know, my story is a guilty person getting let go, getting let off. God forgives guilty people. God extends forgiveness to guilty people who would repent. Innocent people don't need forgiving. Here's an interesting thought. A challenge for some people is that 
is that the God of the Bible with that faith, someone on their deathbed who may be a murderer, if they mean it in their heart and repent and turn to Jesus Christ, they will be saved and they will be in heaven. And I've had many people say to me, that's not fair. And I say, well, I'm glad that God is not fair because if God's fair, I too am going to hell. But God's not fair. He's just. And Jesus Christ paid the price for my sins, so the debt is settled. Justice has been served on the cross. Thank God it's not about fairness. It's about justice. I'm guilty, but God's willing and able. I have deep regrets, but He's willing and able. I've made the same mistakes over and over, but He's willing and able. God forgives sinners. Matthew 7 verse 7 says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, (laughs) that's us, very blunt scripture then, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Everybody, have you asked for His forgiveness? You can do that tonight and the door shall be open to you. Are you seeking God? Have you knocked on the door? The door which welcomes those with a heart condition. A door which welcomes those with a sin condition because you don't have leprosy on your skin, but you have it on your heart. And if you've not made it right with Jesus Christ, that condition is stopping you from being in a relationship with God. That condition is condemning you to an eternity in hell. But by the grace of Jesus Christ, you can have assured in your heart eternity in heaven. Not because you've done the right thing, but because Jesus Christ is perfect. He lived and died and rose again so that you can have eternal life. Romans 8 says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or pandemics or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38, for I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you're going to clap something tonight, I reckon that's worth the clap. Right across the room tonight, will you tonight believe in and receive the healing touch of Jesus for your soul? Before He heals your body, He might do that first, but He wants to heal your soul. He is willing, He is able. Will you come with humility and say, Lord, I'm lost and broken and in need of a Saviour? The biblical truth that all have sinned and and are in need of a saviour is for many the hurdle that they can't get over. You might be here tonight thinking, what do you mean I have a heart condition? What do you mean I'm a sinner? Or maybe you're thinking, I know that, but I can fix it on my own. Salvation cannot come to your life without the acknowledgement of sin. 
And salvation cannot come to your life without the help of Jesus Christ. It's like Spider-Man running into a burning building. He kicks the door down. He runs across a beam, dives through fire, gets to the person, and they say, I'm actually okay. I don't need any rescuing. Jesus Christ has gone to incredible lengths to offer salvation to you. Do not be the person that says to Spider-Man, I don't need help. That's what you're doing. You need great help. A teenager at youth once asked me, she said, why am I paying for the sin that Adam brought into the world? And I said, Div's just over there if you wanted to ask her. No, I'm just kidding. I said, what makes you say that? She says, well, if I was there, I wouldn't have done that. And I said, well, if Adam's sin didn't make you unholy, that comment just did. Because that's pride. If, if they didn't eat the fruit, you would have. I would have. Don't be ticked at Adam. It's just a reflection of us. Our heart condition manifests in all of us. But the good news of Jesus, the gospel, is the great leveler. Because whether you're young, old, rich, poor, no matter how you identify, because the politician needs it, those in poverty need it, the prostitute needs it. Come on. Listen, Asia needs it, Africa needs it, Australia needs it. Your colleagues need it. Your neighbours need it. But here's most important, you need it. Your heart's sick. You have a heart condition. You have sin in your heart, but Jesus Christ can break the power of that sin off you tonight. If you would, in an act of humility, respond to his demonstration of power on the cross. So tonight, will you make a conscious decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Have that condition break free off your heart. Live with freedom. Don't live in fear of hell or fear of death. Know that you will have eternity in heaven with God, not because you're holy or good, but because Jesus Christ is and He died in your place and is extending forgiveness to you right now. So I'd love everybody to just close their eyes just to focus on God. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.